gamers, this is Joe from What I'm Playing Now, and I have episode 128 of the podcast that was originally recorded on August 27th of 2016. Some of the games I played this week, Mansions of Madness, second edition, I love the app, a little Tides of Madness as well, we got some madness kind of theme going on here, a little Food Chain Magnate, I'm hungry now, Batman, a little bit of the Telltale series game, some No Man's Sky, and a little bit of Shroud of the Avatar, which I'm getting my feet back into. I also talked about a few of the games that I want to play. Enjoy the episode. Hey gamers, welcome to the games. This is Joe Luzzi from What I'm Playing Now, and welcome to episode 128 of the What I'm Playing Now podcast. As always, you can send me some emails and let me know what you've been playing. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us over on Board Game Geek. We have a guild over there. We are guild number 2440. What I'm playing now is the name of the guild. On Twitter, you can find us at what I'm playing now. Don't forget to drop the G like I always say. On Facebook, just do a search for what I'm playing now. As you can see, there is a pattern here. Google Plus is plus.google.com slash the plus sign what I'm playing now podcast. Then as always, our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Okay, let's jump into a bunch of the board games I played this week. It was a pretty good week, I have to say. I went down to the board game several times this week. I'm actually heading down there tomorrow for Pathfinder. On Monday, the first game that we played, I'm going to talk about a little bit later. But then Tuesday, Wednesday, my wife and I actually, well, I think Tuesday, I actually got in a solo game of Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition. I had the app installed on her tablet. I went through and pretty much learned how to play the game. And I am glad I went through a solo game initially because I think trying to teach that to my wife while I was trying to learn everything would have been a little confusing for both of us. So the next night when we sat down and actually played through a two-player game, I only had to look up a few different roles in the one book as we were playing through the game. I think fire was probably one of the more confusing parts for us, or I guess one of the parts we disliked the most. But Mansions of Madness were hopefully, we actually may be getting a game of that in later on tonight. We've talked about maybe having a playing a little board game, having a board game session tonight. I'm not really too sure what's going to be played. I may suggest this one. But Mansions of Madness, if you're not familiar with it, this is essentially a game where you as a solo player, or if you have people at the table with you, are a party of investigators who are going through a mansion trying to solve some sort of crime or some sort of happening or, or some sort of problem that's been going on within this mansion, let's say. And when my wife and I started out, we picked out our investigators, and I will say the app worked out pretty good for us. The only problem we did have with the app was probably about halfway to three quarters of the way through the game, my wife's tablet actually started running a little low on power, so a notification popped up on the tablet saying, power is running a little low, you know, you may want to plug this in. So I ran into the living room and, and got the got the cord and plugged it in. Then we lost sound for some reason. All of a sudden, the audio within the app was gone. I was rather nervous and kind of afraid to actually minimize the app or do anything because I've heard so many different problems of people or so many different, you know, people having different problems within the app itself where people are having problems with the app crashing. I believe you're actually 
it was suggested that you actually not try to save the game and then maybe pick it up at a later time, try to maybe finish your session all during one sitting. So I thought some of those problems had been fixed in the latest update that had come out, but I believe there are still maybe a few little problems with the app that hopefully Fantasy Flight Games is going to be working on, and another update will be coming out shortly. But so far, my wife and I are enjoying this game, and we don't play a lot of co-op games. I, I myself do like co-op games. My wife definitely likes to play games where she can definitely win and just kind of make sure that she's she's the winner. So playing Mansions of Madness, I wasn't really too sure how it would go. She said she liked it. She said she'd be definitely up for another game of it. We did not actually get to finish the the game that we had played together. We came extremely close to finishing it, but it was just taking us a little bit longer. Like I said, I think our biggest problem close to the end of the game was a fire had broken out on the map. We just weren't getting the rolls that we needed to to actually clean up the fire. The fire always seemed to be one step ahead of us, and we didn't have the moves or the rolls to actually clean up the fire. And when we actually got the fire under control, we were, I think, very close to the end of the end of the scenario as there was a possible spoiler ahead there was a gate that opened up and i tried to tell her to go through that gate and then another gate opened up where a big demon came through and before you knew it we were just like there is fire coming up the hallway as well that we were having to contend with and the fire kind of caught back up with us and we were just like let's just stop here we'll need to regroup and probably replay this scenario again so that was pretty much where we left Mansions of Manus. I didn't do a save when I closed down the app. I just, we just kind of had talked and said, let's just stop this. Uh, I had wanted to read through the rules a couple more times, or at least one more time, just to make sure that I was doing most of the things right, because I'm pretty sure that we were, but I wanted to double check on the fire and just make sure we were doing the fire correctly, which I'm pretty sure we were. So having to, we really didn't have to look up too much stuff on Board Game Geek, but we did have to refer to the secondary manual, which had a description of everything for a couple of for a couple of different things. I will say both of us did enjoy the puzzles that were within the app. We thought that was a really cool and interesting kind of kind of touch that they added to the game. Playing the game with the app like that, I mean this is almost a game that could almost just be played with just an app and it's if they actually added the characters into the app and a few a few other things into the app, you almost really wouldn't even need the board game, I hate to say. But I will say, I think the app is a definite nice addition to the game. From reading on Board Game Geek a lot about a lot of the different discussions that are going around on the differences between the first and second, it sounds like the first edition of this game was a little almost unwieldy and that the app cleaned up most of those things. So I'm almost glad I never played the first edition because I'm not really too sure I would have given the second edition a go. But after playing it with the app, the setup of the game is extremely smooth and easy with using the app. Playing the game is it. The app just adds a lot of nice little touches and features that you probably just couldn't get with it, with this board game just being a straight board game and not having that app as a compliment. So I'm going to say huge thumbs up to the app. I'm a person who definitely doesn't oppose apps in my board games. I kind of like them. So that was one of the reasons why I got this Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition. And it's one of the reasons why I'm going to keep playing Mansions of Madness 2nd Edition. So check that one out if you have not had a chance to yet. Then on Thursday when I had gone down to the board game store, Eric and I sat down and we were there a little early. So while I was eating my turkey sandwich, he explained to me how to play a small game from Portal Games called Tides of Madness. And this is essentially a drafting game. Each player is going to start out with a hand of cards. You're going to keep a card, 
hand those cards back and forth till everybody is done. You're going to have those cards face down in front of you. You're going to flip them over. These are the cards that you're then going to score for that round. I believe you're going to have three rounds where you're going to do this at the end of each round. One of the cards that you actually had in play, you're going to get to keep. So that is a little bit of a strategy difference. You need to try to figure out what cards you want to keep, what cards your opponent's keeping, and then try to see how you want to build your second set of second set of cards. This is a nice small game. I think this is one that is going. I'm going to pick up the next time I'm down at my local game store. That I wanted to try this one before I actually picked it up, and after saying and after actually playing it and seeing how it's played, I like the madness tokens that are within the game. Certain cards will have some of the Cthulhu tentacles, I guess you could say, that are on the sides of the cards. For each card that you have those tentacles on, at the end of that round, you will get a madness token. And I believe if you obtain eight or nine madness tokens, I think you instantly lose the game. I think that was how it's played. I'm having only played it once. I'm trying to remember all the all the little rules and everything. The game is very easy to pick up on. Definitely, def definitely an easy game. I don't think we really have a a good game that utilizes the drafting mechanic in it that my wife and I play. So I think this is one that I would like to add because I'd kind of like to introduce her to some of the different drafting games that are out there. And I think this would be a pretty good one to start off with considering she's really never done much drafting before. So Tides of Madness was another game that we got in on Thursday. I had a good time with it and this one's probably going to be added to my collection sooner rather than later. And then the big game that we played this week both Monday and Thursday night when I went down to my game store is a game I'm probably going to talk about for a little bit and probably talk about for a couple of more podcasts because every time we play this game, we seem to sit around and discuss the game session for about 30 minutes. And we haven't had a game that where that does this to us, and I can't even tell you how long. And what game is this, you may be asking? That game is Food Chain Magnate. Yes, I finally got Food Chain Magnate to the table. I was extremely excited to get this one to the table, and other people were a little leery about it. Some other people were hesitant and scared, I will say. But Food Chain Magnate actually isn't as intimidating as I thought it would. There are there are a few intricacies with the rules in regards to placing your house at the beginning of the game when you're figuring out the distance to the different houses from your restaurant and then who is actually going to be able to serve the house based on the cost of the goods as well as the distance. And once we got a good feel for basically counting that distance and figuring that out, which I think was probably the trickiest part for us to figure out, and I will say there's a fact on BoardGameGeek that I will actually be printing out and throwing within and throwing inside my box because this fact gave some excellent examples that went well above and beyond what they actually described in the rule book that helped clear up quite a bit and quite a bit of the confusion that we had in figuring some of these things out so let's go over some of the different actual kind of phases of the game for food chain magnate and then we're going to go into some of the different strategies that i kind of saw during our first couple of gameplays there's going to be seven different phases, I guess you could say, in a round of Food Chain Magnet. And the first one's going to be restructuring. And essentially, restructuring, restructuring is just going to be where you're going to choose which employees are going to be working for you that round, and then which ones are going to be off and placed face down 
to the side of you and basically be in a pile where they're going to be considered at the beach. The other cards that you're going to play, what we've been doing is some of us have been placing them face down in the pattern that we want them. I normally just set mine face down over my CEO in a stack just to let everybody know that I am ready. And then everybody flips them over at the same time. We put them into kind of like a tree structure so that there are several cards under the CEO. And then if you're playing with any of the managers, you have cards under the managers reporting up to those managers and then up to the CEO. And after that, you're going to have the order of business phase. What this is, your CEO and your managers will have so many slots that you can actually put people on them to actually let them work for the day. Whoever has the most amount of slots available and that they actually didn't populate with a worker will then get to start choosing the turn order. If there's a tie, it's going to go amongst the current turn order for them, for people to figure out whether they want to go first, second, third, fourth, or fifth. And in our game, it was kind of interesting because in the first game we played, most people were actually picking to go later in the round. Whereas the second game that we played, the person who actually won, who was Eric, my one buddy, he actually chose to go first most of the time, which really was throwing me for a loop because it seemed that everybody was trying to kind of read and see what other people were doing where he kind of was just doing his own thing and and whatever strategy he had actually worked, which I was really surprised with. So after you're doing your order of business phase where you're picking your people that are going to work, each person in in um in the order that you basically have just picked for do for for turn order is going to go through their phase where they're going to do their turn in order of recruiting players, training players, you're going to initiate marketing campaigns, you'll obtain any food and drink you have from any of your workers, you can then place new houses and gardens and you can also place or move restaurants. Most of these actions make perfect sense. Most of them we didn't really have any problems with. The one question we kind of had was when we were placing houses and they actually went across tiles, which tile that that house actually reported to and which tile would actually be considered, would have like a zero distance to it if there was a restaurant on the two tile on on a tile that was on one side of the house as well as the other side of the house on the on the different tiles that it was overlapping so that's something that I think we were still working through and that we had to look up on board game geek but other than that most of the things we were able to figure out quite easily and doing all of the the different actions in order was something we were trying to stress to people because there were there were some people who would try to do their training first and then recruit and everything. And we were like, let's try to do these all in order. Let's try to make sure we do our recruiting first and then our training because your CEO is always going to recruit and is always in play each turn. And him and your CEO, him or her doing a recruiting action is something that why wouldn't you always just want an extra employee to be able to utilize sometime during the game? So far, the game is, is making perfect sense, and like I said, was saying, we really didn't have a lot of problems, you know, with most of the rules up to that point. Dinner time is where you're actually figuring out which houses are going to get served food, and based on the people who have food in front of them, if they can actually supply all of the food that is demanded on a particular house, if they are selling their food and they can fulfill that order for the cheapest amount, that's essentially who's going to get to fulfill that order and then get the money. And a lot of this is going to come down to not only 
the cards you have in play, but some of your milestones as well. Because the main essential goal of this game is to have the most money at the end of the game. So you want to make sure that not only are you having cards in play like your waitresses, which can earn you a little bit of money each turn, but you want to be both producing goods and then trying to get the marketing campaigns around houses to come up with a demand for the goods that you're producing. And I had messed up later in our in the second game we had played where I tried to pick a different drink that I wanted to supply to some houses. So I put a marketing campaign on a tile right next to where my restaurant was. I figured nobody else is close to me. I should have this in the bag. I can supply pop to this house very easily. And then I looked around the board and I had upgraded my one character who actually was the one that was giving me Coke or the, you know, or, you know, the pop and Little did I know, I had no pop within range of me being able to obtain it. So other people came in and fulfilled this order and completely screwed me out of my marketing campaign that I thought was going to be just oh so successful. So there's a lot of things you need to keep track of while you're playing the game. And I think that's what makes this game so heavy. The whole part of the game where you're actually pulling the cards out each turn, figuring out who's doing what each turn and what cards you're actually going to play, that probably is the easier part. The biggest strategy part is trying to figure out what everybody else is causing a demand for and if there's any way you can beat and maybe pick up on anybody else's marketing campaign and maybe supply the food to these houses that somebody else has spent the time and effort to advertise to and take away those sales from them. That's what pushes this game from being a medium game to a heavier game because the strategy here is what is making you think so much. And that's what we found out afterwards when we were having our discussions, like I was saying, for about 30 minutes after each game we've played where we sat around and literally just talked about what was played. We were literally talking about the different strategies that everybody had and what everybody was doing and the little mistakes everybody was making as we were playing the game. And there, like I said, there hasn't been a game where we've sat around and talked about it afterwards like this in an extremely, in a very long time. I can't, I can't think of the last game where a lot of us were just so enamored with the game where we wanted to just play it and then sit around and talk about it. Because normally we're playing a game, we're talking about it for a couple of minutes and saying, yes, we liked it. And then everybody's saying, let's pull out the next game. This is a game where I think maybe because of its length, we aren't pulling out a game necessarily afterwards because usually most of us are, are kind of beat after playing this game. And so far, we've only actually played the stripped down version of the game where we're throwing $75 into the bank for each player rather than using what the normal rules are saying of putting $50 in per player and then everybody taking the cards that will then let you extend the game. We haven't even really played a full game. So I, there were several of us who are are pretty much in love with this game right now where I think we're going to try to just do a full three-player game of this some Saturday because this is definitely a game I don't think we're going to be able to finish during the week on a Monday or Thursday night because even if we play with just three people, when we play that longer style game where we have to go through the bank twice, I have a feeling it's just going to extend the time well past the store's opening hours. So let's get back to actually some of the last couple of actions that we have. We have a payday. 
where you can actually where you're actually paying salaries and there are certain cards that have a salary icon on there you're then going to resolve marketing campaigns and what you're going to do at that point in time is any house that has a marketing campaign near it or is within earshot of a marketing campaign will then get a demand token which is basically the food that that marketing campaign is advertising and then you're going to do some cleanup which is going to be discarding any food or drink you have in front of you that wasn't used you're going to take all your employees back to your hand. You're going to take any milestone cards that you also haven't obtained that turn. And then you're just going to rinse and repeat those steps over and over again until the bank has been depleted. At a high level, that is Food Chain Magnate. And if you're into maybe a little bit heavier of a strategy type of game, I would definitely look this one up. I know the price of this game has a lot of people a little standoffish. The components are I think are pretty good. The biggest thing that I'm not a big fan of right now is going to be the paper money. I think next time when we play, we're going to try to use poker chips because I think poker chips is definitely the way to go for this. The paper money just really doesn't fit any of our styles. I may even try to see if there's any sort of maybe metal coins I can get from one of the other games I possibly have that can that can fulfill the need for for the money besides just that paper money because I'm nobody at the table is a big no, nobody at any of the tables that I normally game with down at my game store are, are huge fans of paper money everybody dislikes paper money and if there's a time where we can ever replace paper money with something else everybody always does that but food chain magnate like I said is a game that is a little heavier and it's not like the rules are something that are as heavy when when I think back to reading the rules to like Clinic, which I talked about several um, episodes ago, Clinic was definitely a little bit harder to learn, and it took me several playthroughs to actually understand the game. Food Chain Magnate, I think we kind of understood most of the stuff right off the bat. Like I said, there's still a few things we're a little confused about when it comes to playing the houses and playing them on multiple tiles, which is something you can do, as well as your restaurant. But with the restaurant, you're pretty much just going off of where your entrance is and the entrance to the road. And that's one of the biggest things I think we've learned in playing the game the game the past couple of times. So like I said, I'm probably gonna be talking about this for a few more time for a few more episodes. And once we get in a full game here, hopefully within the next couple of weeks, I will talk about that full game and give a big rundown of how we actually liked it. But so far Food Chain Magnate is definitely a game that has probably jumped into the top ten all time of my favorite games. I can easily say this. This is a game, I I know it's a good game when we talk about it, like I've said, so much after playing it because we do that so little in my game group that it's just a huge flag saying there's there's definitely something here and it's definitely worth looking into. All right, and then I actually picked up a, a new game last night on my PlayStation. I haven't talked about playing a game on the PlayStation for a lot for a little while now. And I picked up Batman from the Telltale series games. And I haven't played through much of it, but I did play through the intro. And I will say so far, I really enjoyed this Batman game. I've heard there were some differing opinions out there on some of the reviewers who aren't huge Telltale fans. And they said this game is just like the rest of them. But I'm a big Batman fan, and I actually like the Telltale games. And just from playing through the intro, what I did last night, when I had to stop because my wife wanted to watch football, which 
I could honestly care less about. I'd rather sit there and play games. But I sat there and watched a little bit of football with her just because she sits there and plays board games with me. So I was trying to do the right thing. But um, Batman Telltale series, I'm, I can't wait to actually get through this first episode and see where they're actually going to take this game. I really like the art style of the game. It's reminiscent of most of the other Telltale games. I like some of the decisions that they have me making so far, especially in regards to some of the different characters that you're introduced to during the game and just some of the inner conflicts that Bruce Wayne has as as being Bruce Wayne and the Batman. So I have a feeling that I'm going to be talking about this game for a few more episodes as well because with it, with only the first actual scenario or first episode of the game being out, and I think there's going to be four or five of them, I'm going to have to talk about all of them. So once I actually get through this first one, I'll talk about it a little bit more. But I just wanted to mention I can't wait to play that one a little bit more. I also got in a little bit more of No Man's Sky, and I, like I said last episode, I'm playing this one in nice small chunks. I'm probably not playing for more than a half hour to an hour at a time. I'm doing some exploring. I'm trying to just... What I'm trying to do right now is maybe just find everything that's currently on the planet that I'm on because I want to just do that for one planet before I then just start kind of going around to just start doing resource collecting and then doing more of what the actual game is supposed to, trying to get to the center of the universe and actually see what's there, which I'll eventually make it there. But I'm trying to interact with some of the NPC characters that you come across a little bit more, find some of the different resources that they're wanting and supplying them with some different things to possibly learn more things about this alien language that we're trying to figure out, as well as more of the storyline. So far, No Man's Sky, while it may not be what I thought it was going to be, it's a game that I'm going to try to stick with and just plug away at here and there slowly and surely. But like I said last week, this is not a game where I'm going to be sitting down and playing four to eight hours of it in a day like I would Fallout or Witcher or some of the other games. As well as Shroud of the Avatar, that was the next game that I actually played this week. I got in a little bit of that. My character's actually created. My buddy has his um, town actually in the game now because he switched it over from an island to a mountain area. That was just put in in this last patch, so I need to actually get my button game and work my way over to the mountain area now and try to find a place for my house, get my get my game going with that, start, start some... And, and, and just start a nice foundation where I have my house, I start getting some of my resources going, and I start doing some leveling. I was trying to talk to an NPC yesterday and sell some of the, the goods that I had on me, and for some reason, his store window just wasn't opening up for me. And I don't know if that was because I woke him up because it was the middle of the night or what, but I was a little upset when he didn't talk to me, so I just left him and went and played, did a couple other things in the game. I really haven't spent as much time as I've wanted to with Shroud of the Avatar, but I'm hoping to do some of that within the next couple of weeks. And those are the games I played for the week. Let's jump into a few of the things that I want to play. One of the things that I saw down at my local game store this past week was a little game called Mari Nostrum Empires. They have that one as well as the expansion down there. And I'm really interested in, in trying to play this one. One of the guys I know that goes down to the store has this. So I'm hoping maybe next week or the week after, or this might be a good Labor Day game um, for us to play, that we can get a game this in. This one looks rather interesting, as I think my wife and I would probably like this type of game. It's, a, it's an empire builder, and I think there's going to be parts of the game where we're attacking each other and stuff, and I think this could be a really good strategy game for the two of us because this is something that's right up our alley and something that we really enjoy. So I'm going to keep my eye on that. 
I believe down at my local game store, they also have one of the nice mats in that we actually saw at Gen Con this past year and some of the upgraded components, which I will say this game looked gorgeous with some of those upgraded components. So I'm hoping he doesn't have those in just for his store copy. And if I do like this game, I probably will want those. So hopefully he can get those. Then I also have a little desire to play a couple of more games, the networks as well as automobiles. My buddy Eric actually picked up both of these games Thursday after we were done playing Food Chain Magnate, and I was kind of excited. I had played the networks when I was at Gen Con, and this was a game that's kind of intrigued me. I really liked what I played, but I still would like to play a full game before adding it to my collection. And automobiles from AEG is one that has been on my want list for quite a while. It was a game that I was going to throw on my Christmas list, and it still is there. I just haven't purchased it myself. So I think one of the next games I may purchase possibly could be Mari Nostrum or Through the Ages, A New Story of Civilization, because I think my wife and I may like that one as well. And that was another game that has really been at the top of my list, especially since it's jumped up to number two on Board Game Geek. But I have been wanting that game now for probably well over six months. I haven't seen it at my local game store, so it may be something that I possibly have to pick up elsewhere. So that's it. Those are the games that I played for the week, and those are a few of the games that I want to play. Hey, as always, you can send me some email. Let me know what you're playing now. You can send those emails to what I'm playing now at gmail.com. You can also join us in some conversations on Board Game Geek. We have a guild out there. We are guild number 2440. We are guild What I'm Playing Now is our guild name. On Twitter, you can just look us up at What I'm Playing Now. Don't forget to drop the G, like I always say, on Facebook. You can just do a search for what I'm playing now. Our Google Plus page is plus.google.com slash the plus sign. What I'm playing now podcast. And then as always, our Twitch channel is twitch.tv slash what I'm playing now. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining me for another episode. Go out there, play some games. Maybe go outside. Enjoy the last little bits of summer, depending on where you're living. But then always don't don't forget to tell me what you're playing now. So I possibly have a few other things to talk about. Everybody have a great week, and I will be back next week with another episode. Until then, have a great one. I'll see you later. Bye-bye.